Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Fantasy Football Phonetics. My name is Andy. I'm in Tokyo, and I'm joined by Ben in LA. Hello. And I'm joined by Matt in Manchester. How are you doing? Hello. Welcome, guys. Um, as is traditional, we're going to kick off with our football moments of the week. So, Ben, what was your football moment this week? Yeah, my football moment is quite a random one because I think you guys will probably talk about Man U, but... Um... I had the misfortune of watching Brighton Leeds live. Um, and my football moment is Neil Mope. I've, I've disliked Neil Mope since, uh, since forever, I think, because um, he's a bit of a wind-up merchant, especially against Man U a couple, couple years ago. And he played terrible. He missed like an open goal. Uh, he got subbed off early. Um, it was a classic Brighton performance where they literally did everything but score. Um, and then, interestingly, after the game, uh, Graham Potter got booed by uh, the Brighton fans because they didn't win, even though they dominated. And in his post-match interview, he was basically like, told the fans to F off. was <laughs> basically like, we're eighth in the table, um, maybe Brighton fans don't have a, a long memory, but this is normally pretty high for us and all this kind of stuff. So it's pretty interesting. <laughs> wow. I did not know he had that kind of temper in him. Yeah. He wasn't having any of it, getting booed off against uh, drawing with Leeds, but um, quite I mean, an interesting football fair. moment. And uh, yeah. Be fair, he's right though, isn't he? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, he's really right. This season. <laughs> Yeah, it's completely. It's not as if they they played badly. They, I think, they dominated Leeds. I was a bit worried as a Rafinha owner watching that game. He'd really didn't do anything. But um, I think one thing that Brighton fans are annoyed about is they've known for seasons they just need a clinical striker. They just haven't brought anyone in. Right? They still have Mope, Welbeck. Mm. And I forget who they brought on Lucardia. He was he was shocking too. So yeah, I think they're just a bit frustrated that they have haven't they know it's a big problem and they haven't done anything to solve it basically. They don't actually have much and money such, though, do they? They got, uh, they got fifty mil for Ben White or sixty mil or whatever. It's also such an obvious problem, right? It's like Man U with a defensive midfielder. Like, it, it, it was really obvious what their issue was last season. They only had one thing that they needed to fix. <laughs> Just not that. Yeah, it's, it's like so <laughs> obvious. Um, so yeah. Okay. Uh, good one, Ben. Thank you. Uh, Matt, do you want to talk about Man U? Yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> uh, so... In, in, yeah, with three Man U fans here, it's, it's inevitable we're going to talk about a bit about Man U on the podcast. So, uh, in the Carrick era of Man U, um, we got thrashed and drew one-one with Chelsea, which was, uh, I think, my my one football moment. Obviously, being the the goal for Man U, which I thought was sort of comedy Sunday League uh, stuff from Jorginho, uh, just just managing to play play Sancho in uh, to go two-one-one against Mendy. Um, for a completely undeserved uh, lead, uh, which we didn't quite hold out for for a win. But um, uh, I thought it was interesting because 
uh, we were talking about it a little bit between ourselves, just dropping Ronaldo as well, um, whether that's setting the scene for Ranić coming in and uh, maybe a, a different emphasis and style of play and maybe a different formation. So um, it's, it's it's interesting changing times for Man U at the moment and it's very difficult to work out what our best team and formation is really. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we were talking about that before, uh, before the podcast started, right, about we don't really know what Rangnick's going to see when he looks at this team, um, whether he's going to come to the same conclusion that you need Fred McTominay or whether he's going to finally uh, break up the McFred partnership. Interesting times. Yeah, yeah. And what do, yeah, what do you do with Bruno Fernandes? Is, is false nine the way? Uh, I'm not sure, personally. Yeah, <laughs> on the evidence of today, I'd say probably not. <laughs> yeah, the, the, only, the only thing about today was um, I wouldn't read too much into it just because I just think Chelsea are such a good team that you, you kind of have to adapt to how they play. I mean, they literally just, they just played Juventus off the park. Like two days ago, they'd been 4-0. So, um, yeah, pretty solid result, I think, for Man U. And uh, it will be interesting to see how we line up against Arsenal. I'm hoping the new manager is in place and we'll get that nice little new manager bounce against Duncan and hopefully be Arsenal. That would be really nice. Yeah, that would be excellent, wouldn't it? I would love that. Yeah. All right. Well, fingers crossed we can spend, sorry. Hey, fingers crossed because yeah, I okay. spent half an hour of the pod to talking Duncan uh, next Sunday about about Manu Arsenal and where it all went wrong. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, Duncan, when you listen to this, obviously we're expecting you to join next week. Um, is that a good idea? We'll find out. Um, all right. So uh, last little moment of the week is mine, which is related to the whole uh, Manu manager hunt. Which is what I found really interesting is that you've got Pochettino who um, has he was out of work for a year and then he seemed to have landed in a, like a, the absolutely perfect job for him. He, all he needed to sort of like complete his resume was to win a trophy. And he's now manager of a, of the one team in a one team league. Um, obviously he managed to lose a one horse race last season. And um, this season, Mars ahead in the league. They've, they've, they've added Messi to their team and Donnarumma and Hakimi. They've got one of the best teams in the world on, on paper. And somehow he's not very happy with it. Um, he's obviously his reputation is still seemingly pristine. So people seem to be blaming Messi and Mbappe and Neymar for the fact that the team doesn't press. And I just find that really, find that a really interesting like dichotomy. Like it's uh, you'd normally when when a team isn't organised together properly, you would blame the manager. But in that situation, everyone seems to say, oh well, obviously it's Neymar and Mbappe and Messi. You can't make them press. It, isn't that a bit weird? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little bit similar to the Manu situation situation with Ronaldo. Um, I, I haven't seen Messi press in five years. I don't think he just walks about. He just strolls about the place. Um, I definitely saw some of the highlights in the Champions League where Neymar, Messi. Mbappe, and then he brought on Di Maria as well, which is kind of his fault. All four of them, I think, were not 
we're just walking about, strolling about. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It is a bit. It's a bit, a bit strange. Um, I definitely can see like it. It is sometimes the players' attitudes, and sometimes there's this pressure, which I think Man U have had this season, where you feel like you have to play Messi, you have to play Ronaldo. Um, but when you have all these big stars, I think maybe maybe as the manager you feel pressured to play them more, even though you know that the team balance isn't very good. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I don't. There's no way PSG is going to win the Champions League playing like that. They, I mean, it was it, like it, it feels yeah. like PSG uh, and Pochettino is just the wrong. It's just the wrong manager for the for that team right now, isn't it? Like I think some managers have tactics where they don't press from the front that hard uh but Pochettino very much is a manager that does like the whole team pressing really really well um yeah maybe they suit more of a Zidane or something that can just put the Galacticos on the pitch and uh let them do their stuff with a bit of confidence and swagger um but yeah just completely yeah as you say the tactics do not suit the players they've got there uh those players are never going to run around and press but does that mean they're a bad team? I don't know. It's, 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 it's definitely a strange one. Uh, and you can't think Pochettino's going to be there for for too much longer, I wouldn't have thought, because uh, they're not about to sack Messi, Ronaldo, and uh, well, not Ronaldo, Messi, uh, Neymar, and uh, Mbappe, are they? No, definitely not. Um, it, Pochettino's going to be going to go before any event, isn't he? And uh, to be honest, I kind of think that's fair. Like, when uh, when when Solskjaer was at Man U and Ronaldo and um, and Bruno and Greenwood weren't pressing, everyone said, "Well, that's Solskjaer's fault because he needs to drop them if they're not pressing." Um, but it seems to not be that way for Pochettino at, at PSG. I think it, it, I think before long it's going to become Pochettino's fault. Yeah, I think they they just need to dominate possession a lot more. Uh, that's that style of team. Uh, if you're just not going to press that much from the front, it just needs to be less of an issue. But um, against teams like Man City, that that really showed them up, I think, um, because uh, suddenly they, suddenly they don't have the the ability to keep the ball like that. But I think they're always going to if if you don't have that, that front three is either either old or not not interested enough is is never going to really compete against Chelsea, Man City, or Liverpool. That's like a, a real team tactic and dynamic and players working with that system that just seems like a stronger stronger team to me but um, I mean, we'll, I guess we'll see in the latter stage of the Champions League won't we yeah yeah we'll alright so on to the on to fantasy football um, let's go through our teams first shall we so uh, Matt you're up first with your team how did it go this week uh, yeah I'm trying to put off talking about fantasy football because it's not gone very well um, currently, <laughs> currently on 44 points. Uh, that's with Kane swapped out. So Douglas Louise, who came on for a few minutes and got himself a yellow card, comes on for zero points for me. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about my uh, lack of points on the bench, which has been one, one feature of my team. Um, I did sub. I, so I, my transfer. I had two transfers this week, and I transferred in. Trent and Josh King. So in many ways, they saved my game week uh, with nine points and six points. But um, others, I think, had be- either better Arsenal play- better scoring Arsenal players, someone like a Robertson or a Van Dijk. Um, and yeah, my my sort of my reliance on the Chelsea and um, 
Man City defences didn't really come through for me this week. Um, so yeah, all in all, not looking too too great. Uh, but uh, onwards and upwards, right? Uh, at least I've still got a small cushion on yourself, Andy. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Thank you for reminding me. Um, ben, how was your week? Yeah, I had a pretty good week. I got a green arrow, which is unusual for me. <laughs> I've had a lot of red arrows. Um, so I got 64 points with a hit. And basically, my transfers um, made themselves. So I had Chilwell, and he, he actually got a pretty serious, I think, ACL injury. So that, was, that prompted me to finally get Trent in my team, similar to Matt. Um, who got an assist and it, it just feels good actually I don't know how I've gone this long without Trent but it, it did feel good watching that game with Trent in it and then to fund that I downgraded Son to uh, Yotta who got a brace um, he actually could have got more um, but pretty happy with that and I watched that game live and it was just it was a glorious game with someone with three Liverpool players because I don't know what Southampton are thinking, but like they, they basically tried to press Liverpool and played really open, which is exactly how you know you're going to get thrashed by Liverpool, which is exactly what happened. Um, so that was, that was the bulk of my week. And then my other star player, I don't know if you have him too, Andy, was uh, Tommy Yasu, who got an assist and three bonus. Um, so he played a nice little ball over the top that I think Martinelli finished. Um, so yeah, I mean, those Yotta and Tomiyasu basically made my game week, so uh, not feeling too bad. Um, Antonio and Bowen are the West Ham players in my team that are kind of stinking it up right now. Um, so I'm hoping that they can get it together. Antonio hasn't scored in let me see five game weeks, it's pretty bad. So hopefully, against Brighton, he will do something, but. Yeah, 64 points. Pretty good. Pretty happy. Um, well, West Ham have come through a pretty rough fixture list recently, haven't they? So I think judging Antonio and Bowen based on that seems a little bit harsh. Look at the fixture difficulty rating for the, that's, that's coming up now. Um, they've obviously got, they've got Brighton, then Chelsea. Then, then it gets a little bit easier after Chelsea. Burnley, Arsenal could be easy, could be hard, I don't really know. Norwich, Southampton, Watford. So I think probably better time to come in for those two, right? Yeah, I, I kind of held them through the bad patch. So it'd be silly for me to get rid of them now. But um, yeah, you're right. Like, I'm just going to hold them till the, the good stretch now. Good. All right. Well, on to my team. Um, I have been hamstrung this week by the fact that you can't field two goalkeepers. Um, I only had I only had ten players on the pitch because uh, Foden didn't play. Chilwell got his ACL injury, and I'd already taken a hit, so I decided to wait a week to do that. I didn't didn't predict uh, four of my players being missing, and then Tottenham and Burnley were snowed off, which meant that um, neither Son nor Corne made the pitch. So um, I have ten players, uh, but Sanchez got eight. Tommy Asu, uh, what a hero, twelve points. Trent was, I also transferred Trent in this week. Um, and I had uh, nine points from Tony as well up front. If I'd only had uh, Fernandez in the pitch as well, that would have been another nine points for his clean sheet. 
Um, so I ended up with 58 points this week, which is enough to catch Matt a little bit, but not enough to do anything else really. Um, I'm really unhappy with my team right now. I made a, I made a huge mistake, which was um, when I downgraded my, from Vardy to, to spend on my defense, um, I picked Edouard instead of Benteke. Um, and he obviously hasn't been playing, so it's a complete waste of money. That and every every week somebody gets injured that I have that there's a higher priority than Edouard's going to have my team. So I just I still have him. Um, I've already used the transfer this week to get um, Chilwell out and James in before everybody else does that. So um, again, I'm going to have another week with Edouard in unless I take a hit this week, which is kind of frustrating. Um, but what I'm but overall, I'm kind of happy with my with where I am with my team. Um, Cornet, I think, uh, is a good differential pick. Um, and I've got Son, who can be... I'm going to look at what happens when Marinic comes in and possibly bring in Sancho for Son when... Uh, if, if he sort of comes alive and looks really good under Marinic, then I'll make that switch. Um, or if Son looks better under Conte, then uh, he hasn't done so far, but I can keep Son. So that's going to be my, um, my watch list for the next few weeks. That's where I am. Yeah, the Foden injuries also really hurt me. Um, but what, what injury slash not playing. Um, he's definitely on my chopping block. Um, but, but yeah, the, the rivalry for the wooden spoon starts to heat up. <laughs> Gary uh, getting a few points this week. Yes, indeed. Well, Gary's had a really good week, hasn't he? He's uh, accelerated away and didn't take a hit either. Um, so he's obviously had a had a good week. He's, he's almost caught John this week, actually. So. I think it's uh, it's becoming a, a three-division league with uh, Ben and Duncan at the top, John and Gary in the middle, and me and Matt at the bottom, <laughs> separated by some 30-odd uh, points. Why should, uh, actually, no, hang on. John to Ben is only seven points, isn't it? So it's not that bad. Anyway. So um, on to our actual topics for this week. Ben, you've got the first topic. Um, we've got, obviously, the December and January fixture pile-up coming up. So who do you think are the teams to... To, to focus on during that period. Yeah, the, the December pile-up kind of coincides with, I think, actually the, the big teams having uh, really good fixtures. So, you know, Man City going to run that, I think, isn't actually too bad. So Villa, Watford, Wolves, Leeds, Newcastle. Um, Chelsea have a good run. Watford, West Ham, Leeds, Everton, who are woeful right now. Wolves, Villa, Brighton, really good one for Chelsea. Then Liverpool, Everton, Wolves, Villa, Newcastle. Um, so I don't think that really changes uh, too much for most players because I think a lot of people have a lot of City, Chelsea, uh, Liverpool players. I feel really good with uh, my three Liverpool players going into that. Um, the, only, the only strange thing with City and Chelsea are, uh, you know, Tuchel and Pep are going to love rotating during this period because they have such deep squads uh, full of quality. I think you guys are experiencing it with Foden. Um, I'm sure Reese James will get rotated somewhat um, in that stretch as well. Um, and then I think the other interesting team uh, is Man United after Arsenal uh, we have a run of Palace, Norwich, Brentford, Brighton, Newcastle, Burnley, Wolves, Villa. 
So that is a pretty enticing run, assuming the new manager um, can get it together. And then I also think Arsenal don't have that bad of a run either. So after Man U, they have Everton, Southampton, West Ham, Leeds, Norwich, Wolves. Um, so I have two Arsenal players. Um, that's a pretty, I think, decent run for them as well. So uh, I think basically just a lot of the usual suspects um, who have really good runs. I don't know if there's any other team that I'm particularly excited about. Um, but open to what you guys think of the, the other teams that you think have good runs. I mean, I think you've mentioned the key ones, right? And they, they are some of the biggest teams as well to have the best assets for just with the rotation and risk. Um, the other one that just keeping an eye on, um, and this seems to be a theme of this pod, is is maybe Spurs have a right looking run of games and you think in their new manager bounce might kick in a bit. Um, I mean, obviously they didn't play this week, which was uh, dreadful for play if you had those players already, but um, probably gives them a bit of rest, actually. Uh, so maybe for Brentford, Norwich, Brighton um, ahead. It's not, that's not bad. Matt, Matt that's, not, that's not true. They did, they did play this week, and I feel like it's important to highlight this for John. They lost <laughs> in the Europa League conference to <laughs> some Slovenian team, which I found which was pretty hilarious. Oh, do you know what? I just realised. I, I, can I change my football moment of the week? Um, Antonio Conte's interview after that game was priceless. Um, have you guys seen it? He, uh, he, he came out and he was obviously like distraught and he was like, well, I think we have to accept that the, uh, the quality at Tottenham is not so high. Um, you know, I am not a magician. I, uh, I, I can work very hard, but uh, I, I now see after three weeks the size of the task ahead of me. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> How much like Mourinho does this guy sound up for three weeks? <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it, it, was, it, was, it was great. It was so good. <laughs> but presumably Kane and Son got a rest. They didn't travel to Slovenia, did they? Yeah, Kane played and Son came off the bench. That is he played the whole game, I think. Oh, my God. Didn't talk um, about so And then what was, what was even more... Well, it, it was even funnier because I think Cessignon. Wait, didn't didn't John spend? He spent some time talking about Cessignon last pod, right, Andy? Um, yeah, he, he was talking about um, Regalon versus Cessignon and seemed to want to pick them both. Yeah, and then Cessignon <laughs> was all about good. like yeah. Cessignon was like, "Now's my time to grab this opportunity," and then he gets him sent. Off. He got himself sent off in the first half, <laughs> and then. Um, they lost in extra time. Like uh, they conceded right at the end, which was uh, which prompted me to tell John that Davis and Sanchez was awful because he was getting turned inside out by this. I don't know. I think they're like fifth place in the Slovenian league or something ridiculous. But uh, yeah, that was that, now that you mentioned Andy, that probably was also my football moment of the week too. <laughs> uh, do you know what? It does solve John's conundrum, right? Because if uh, if Sessegnon got sent off in that game, I don't think. Conte will be him anytime soon. So, so John, you can pick Regalon now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to throw uh, another couple of teams out there. I think Crystal Palace look like they've got a pretty decent run coming too. Um, they have Leeds, then Man United, which you'd hope is going to get harder now, but then Everton, Southampton, Watford, Tottenham, Norwich. 
And obviously they they've been really good this season so far. So I think they might be worth a look. Um in fact, it sort of seems like the, the league is divided for the for December into teams that have a really good run and teams that have a really bad run. It's quite interesting to look at. Um the other team that uh I think is worth looking at is Leicester. Because although um in at the end of the over Christmas they've got City and Liverpool between now and then. They've got Southampton, Villa, Newcastle, Tottenham, Everton. So I think, uh, yeah, Leicester and, and Palace look like they have a pretty good December to me. Yeah, I think that's a good shout. Like if you if you have Jamie Vardy, probably worth keeping him. I think he he scored a brace today, and then I think a, a lot of us have uh, some Palace players. So I'm definitely keeping Gallagher and hoping he. He does something in this front. Um, although the one thing with Palace is uh, James MacArthur got, I think, a season-ending injury. And I think it, even though he's not particularly a good player, he does free up Gallagher a lot. And uh, I, he didn't seem as... Palace did not seem as good without him. Um, although, you know, Villa are a good team as well. So hopefully Palace can keep their form up during this run. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see when it's, it's a good point about um they, 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 I think they probably have players to replace him, but they've got they've got MacArthur and McCarthy. I'm not sure which one you just say got injured, but the other one's available. Uh they've got um Milivojevic and Riedeveld, all of whom should be able to play the same position. So they're pretty yeah. well stocked. Yeah. Pretty stocked um, with uh average workhorse midfielders. Yeah, they should be okay. I think coming through this uh, this injury to their first choice average workforce workforce midfielder. <laughs> um, Matt, you've got the next topic, which is about um, obviously again it's to do with fixture pile up, um, but also we mentioned earlier about rotation among the top teams. Um, we've seen a, a game snowed off this week, so you wanted to talk about whether um, a a bench is a necessity or a luxury. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, this week, uh, my bench delivered zero, 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 zero. Uh, and it, it really, really bit me because obviously one of them did have to sub into my team. Um, and, and OK, so it's unusual that uh, well, you say, say that these things are unusual. You could say, well, Foden not playing a single minute, maybe it's slightly unusual, but not entirely surprising. Uh, and then I've got people like Douglas Luiz, so a cheapo midfielder, just coming back from injury. You're going to be lucky to get a point or two off him uh, most weeks. Um, and then you've usually got a defender or someone who just don't want to play because they're playing against one of the big teams. Uh, so I think what, what's this point to? Like at the moment, rotation coming in, quite a few injuries uh, being picked up by by players. I think you do need to go a little bit deep. I think you maybe. I mean, I think my tactics are going to be. Maybe still just take that third sub, who will be very rarely used as a very cheapo. But um, but to try and go in most weeks with uh, my first on the bench being a player, I'd I'd quite like to pick because because he's probably going to come on off the off the bench anyway. Um, so um, I think I, I feel that my team's looking weak when I have to play Livermento uh, in my first eleven because he's he's the ideal first first sub in recent weeks, um, and he comes in for most other most other players. So. I think, um, yeah, I think over the Christmas period, spreading the cash just a little bit more is uh, is probably the tactic to go. But what, what do you guys think? 
What do you think, Ben? Yeah, I agree. I think I'm similar to you, Matt, where I think you want to be at least able to feel too deep on the bench. If not, I think going three deep is maybe a bit of a luxury and my third player doesn't my third um player doesn't really play um so i in that regard i've taken a, a lot of hits over the last couple of weeks in that regard i think my team is pretty well set up because i have livermento and tommy asu who are you know nailed on for their teams and will be able to come off the bench i think it's also important um, when you're constructing your team, like we talked about Chelsea and City, um, you also want to make sure your first 11, you feel pretty, you feel pretty good that that 11 will, will play most of the time. Um, so, you know, Cancelo uh, for City, who I have, he, he's, you know, played most games. It looks like Reese James has played most games, although I expect he'll be rotated in this period. Um, it just becomes a bit more dicey when there are other players like Foden or even I had Havertz as well. Like you probably want to stay away with, stay away from those kind of like midfield players where the top teams have so many options um, that they can easily rotate in and out. Even with Jota, I'm a little bit worried. I know Firmino, Firmino I think picked up a, a hamstring injury. So I feel a little bit, better with Joseph playing most games, but um, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of rotation. So having, having a bench of like two deep is probably sensible. I think a lot of the rotation is, is going to depend on the team and the manager, like um, Chelsea and city, as you've mentioned, have like phenomenally deep squads, but at Liverpool, really they've only got four at the level, which is Salah, Jota, Mane and Firmino. So with Firmino injured, They've got to play those three, right? So I think it's a bit different between those yeah. like, teams to team. Um, yeah, I think the, the Liverpool attack is more att- attractive than your Chelsea or Man City one, which is just so hard to predict at the moment uh, because they always rotate. Um, so yeah, having, having the right players from the right teams and the right places is uh, just, just, to, just to look at how reliably those guys are getting picked. Um, it feels like it's a period of the time where going for your Maverick Mares type one, it could come off, but the chances are you're going to have um, exposed of your second subs um, some weeks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, this week I've suffered too. I, uh, I mentioned that there were only had 10 players on the pitch. So um, based on my experience this week, I think I'm in the, in, in the spend on your bench camp. Which is interesting because last week, the uh, the conclusion after a, a long chat was that I had uh, my, I said my, my subs were um, quiet at 5.7 and somebody else at 5. Point something. I can't remember where we were at that point. And I was, it was like, you're spending too much on your bench, Andy. Um, but it seems like coming into December, having more money on your bench might be a temporarily a good thing. Um, all right. So the next topic is uh, about premium players. So, it's it was what's been very interesting this season. A trend that we spotted last week was that the spending money on your defence seems to be where the the smart money has been at this this year, uh, with the likes of James Cancelo, um, obviously Trent as normal, um, and and Chilwell doing really really well. But what that's meant is that uh, there hasn't been so much focus on the sort of traditional premiums, which is your, your twelve million midfielders and strikers. 
Um, a few of us have Kane. Obviously, Salah is the one that's doing incredibly well. Um, but Kane hasn't done so well. <laughs> um, that but one in mind, my, the question for me, which I'm going to post to Matt first, is beyond Salah, are there any other premiums worth looking at? So, I mean, I think I've, I've certainly gambled on Kane being a premium that is worth picking, uh, but that's not based upon his stats. It's based upon his uh, his form for England and uh, and the promise that uh, under Conte that that Spurs might get better. I think if I could uh, have an unlimited pick of premiums, I think the second best premium in the game at the moment is is Mane uh, at Liverpool. So you could go Salah Mane in that. That's actually quite differential and, and maybe quite a sensible one. Um, and then after that, maybe Son, because um, I think he's, he's, he's always going to be pretty bulletproof uh, so long as the, the game isn't snowed off. Um, but, but yeah, I think, I think you're very right. That the moment you try and save your money of budget players so you can pick some premiums and beyond Salah, uh, they really aren't worth it. And so the trend in recent weeks has been going to invest heavily in defence where You've had Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool players um, scoring really big. Um, but yeah, I'd say Kane, Son, uh, and maybe Jamie Vardy as another one. Uh, but but Mane would be my main premium that I, I'm certainly chewing over at the moment. Yeah, right, I, 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 yeah I agree with Matt where just from, from points scored, you know, Mane is the second best premium um, in the game right now with Jamie Vardy. I think they're tied on points. Um, the only thing with Mane is he's pretty expensive. He's like 12 million, um, which is quite a lot, uh, especially considering like uh, Vardy is, you know, 10.6. So for like 1.4 uh, million cheaper. Um, but yeah, I, I think Mane is a good shout, mainly because uh, he's differential um he's only about five percent owned and i think liverpool look like the best attacking team in the premier league in terms of you know goal scored and having a we talked about it a little bit earlier like having a pretty settled uh forward line um the uh the uh other the other random thought amongst you know those being discussed is like what if man you get it together then having a way to get to Ronaldo or Bruno um, or Rashford or Sancho um, could be interesting once we figure out how they're playing um, so yeah I think that, that's my other random thought is like as man you head into this really good fixture run with a new manager um, let's see Let's see, um, you know who who the who the nailed on premiums are. The other the other player I'll give an honourable shout out to, but not really convinced by he missed an open goal this weekend is uh, Obama Yang at nine point nine, because you know Arsenal do have that good fixture run after Manu, um, and he he's you know they're nailed on nailed on striker. I think he's captain. Um, yeah. I think he is. You're right. Um, that, Captain on pens. So that's another more random differential shout. But he, he didn't miss an open goal this weekend against uh, Newcastle. So he also didn't play the full game against Newcastle. Yeah. Um, 
But that that was a really really memorable miss, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was a bad one. It's quite something. Um, goalkeeper lying on the floor, ball rebounds back to you with like nobody anywhere near you. Could have taken three touches before he got tackled, and uh, instead hit the post. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm not sure about Aubameyang. I I think his form is really poor, and uh, honestly, Arsenal look better with Lacazette at the moment to me. So, um, yeah, I I I'm, I wouldn't I wouldn't pick Aubameyang if I were you. Um, the one thing with the with the, the list that we've just given, Matt, you were talking about Mane. I don't think Mane is a better. I, I think Jota and Mane are equal for sort of point potential, and Jota's a lot cheaper than Mane, so I don't think Mane makes a lot of sense to me either. Um, of the ones that we've just mentioned, Son and Kane are presumably going to have a double game week at some point pretty soon because of the the Burnley game being snowed off. So that might be worth thinking about, but that's really all I've got. Yeah, no, it's a good point. That Jota at the moment is 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 yeah, equaling Mane for performance. Um, I guess if you're thinking of premiums, you're thinking of yeah, over the course of the season, you expect Mane to be outscoring Jota. Um, and I guess this goes to tactics a little bit. Like, do you want your premium that you pick to be one that you just have, you do stick with for a long term, um, or are we going to swap premiums around across the season and spend our chances on that rather than other? Priorities. Um, don't know. It's, it's a bit of a challenge. You, ideally, I'd love to have uh, more premiums than just Salah that I just rely on for the rest of the season. So I'd like to be able to keep Kane for a long, long stretch. But if he goes another game week or two without scoring, then um, I'm going to have to move my premium assets elsewhere. Yeah, definitely. I think Kane is. Uh, yeah, the I feel like like I've mentioned, a few of us have got Kane. Uh, in fact, Duncan has him, Ben has him. Does John still have him? Yeah, I'm, I think I'm the only one without King. Um, so, yeah, clearly a lot of people have uh, put their faith in him, but it's, it's really not paying off at the moment, and you can't have that amount of money just wasting away, can you? So um, I think his, his, he's going to be one of the, unless he scores soon, he's going to be one of the like massive transfer outs, really big value losses, right? So you don't want to end up with that on your plate. Um, Okay, well, let's close that, that that topic down, shall we? And we've got we've got one more uh, one more topic before we go into the final feature, which is about differentials. So um, we've uh, we've talked a lot about the the fixture pile up over December, and obviously the thing that we've been discussing has been kind of the, the players that everyone's going to want. But this feature is we're going to pick one each of uh, of players who um, who we think others may not have looked at that we think is going to score big over the December and uh, January period. So, Ben, do you want to pick that one up first? Yeah, my one is Jaden Sancho, 1.9% owned, uh, 8.9 million. And there's a lot of uh, ifs that need to happen to, <laughs> for this to pay off. But, you know, if we uh, have a new manager, Ragnik, uh, who provides the new manager bounce, Jaden is pretty good at pressing, so like Ragnik is known for that kind of style. So you assume that Sancho would be more nailed under the new manager. He obviously scored against Chelsea, he scored against Villarreal. And if you look at his last two, three seasons at Dortmund, I mean, he gets so many goals and assists. Um, so if he even brings, you know, 
a bit of that form to the Premier League, he could be a good differential shout. Um, and you know, at the price eight point nine, it's not it's not Mane, Son, Bruno levels that are really expensive. Um, so yeah, I think he could be. I've got my um, eye on Sancho and. I would love nothing more than uh, Manu doing better and Sancho actually doing better. So for the team as well as FPL potentially. So he's my differential pick for December. All right, solid pick. Matt, who's your pick? Uh, so my pick is uh, Ilkay Gundogan. Uh, so seven point two million. He's only picked by three percent, three point one percent of teams at the moment, um, and. I could see why you wouldn't have picked him yet this season. Like he's he's been absent from a fair few games, but he's now had a run of three ninety minutes in a row. He just got goal and assist in his last game. Um, he he was the player that we I think about this time last year just started to go on a really good run and became uh, like basically Man City's most invaluable player by 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 some points of the season. Um, and he scored thirteen goals last season, so I think he's got great potential just to keep ticking over. Um, if he keeps getting those minutes um, and and yeah I mean I've had Foden on my team for the last few weeks and it really hasn't worked uh, but but it feels like Pep maybe uh, playing Gundogan giving him a few minutes given that sort of role where he can get forward a bit and get some goals from time to time so uh, my pick is is Gundogan um, to to do what he did last year I really like that pick because I'm a maverick at the bottom of the table. <laughs> um, I think it's pretty high risk, but high reward that one, right? Like if he, if he does the same as last season, then it's really, really high reward. But also, you know, with the, the number of quality players that, um, that Pep has at his disposal in that position, like any one of them could be the one that comes alive. It's not necessarily going to be Gundogan. I think you're absolutely right. I think the reason he's not picked is because it's it's got that, well, there's so many other players you, you could he could pick um, element to it, but he's averaging 5.3 points per game at the moment um, for the season. That's, that's pretty strong. Um, and as well, he's one of those players that he's over, he appears to most of the time, he either plays and starts or he doesn't play at all. He's really one who comes off the bench like uh, Foden or Amares might um, or Bernardo. So uh, if you have a decent bench, like we talked about earlier, then it might be one of those sort of risks where you could uh, not not lose out too badly even if, if he doesn't play at all. That is definitely true. Okay, good one, good one. My uh, my differential pick is um, we mentioned I, I mentioned Crystal Palace earlier as a team that has a good run of fixtures going into December. Um, my pick is Christian Benteke. Obviously, Conor Gallagher. Everyone's got him already, so I didn't have him. Um, and Ben had already picked Sancho, so I couldn't have Sancho. So my, uh, <laughs> I've ended up with Ben Teke. But he's done. He's had a really, really good season, like out of nowhere, really kind of under the radar. Um, so far, when he plays ninety minutes, he he's normally delivered either a goal or an assist or or something. Um, he got two and a three all against Burnley last week, not this week. Obviously, Palace lost to Villa, and he didn't he didn't score in that one. Um, but generally, when he plays ninety minutes, he returns something. Um, the risk with him is he's got a few, uh, how many are there? There's one, two, three, four instances this season where he came off the bench rather than starting. Um, 
but uh, yeah, he's, he's he started the last three games and he's uh, he's returned two goals in that time. So I think he's probably uh, the one that's going to start in between him and uh, and Edouard. It seems to be that he's won that battle, um, much to my chagrin because I picked Edouard earlier. And uh, I think at a selected percentage of three point two and a price of six point four, he might be well worth the money. Yeah, it's a good shout, Andy. I want to give honourable mention to your other player too, uh, Cornet from. Is it Cornet or Cornet? I don't know from Burnley because he's he's only two percent owned. I just was just looking. He scored five goals. <laughs> he scored five goals this season. That's amazing. Um, and he was he was injured for the first three games as well. So um, he's been he's yeah. That I, I I'm quite pleased with having picked him. Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just noticed these are only 2% owned. They've got Wolves, Newcastle, Watford coming up. So, yeah, I think that's also a good, a good shout. And, and potentially a double game week coming up too. Yeah. Well, he must be some player to score five goals for Burnley. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting. The reason that I, the, the thing that sort of triggered me to pick him over other potential players in that position. Like I actually was looking for a 4.5 player to just sit on the bench in that position. Um, but then I decided to pick Corne because he, he's been playing up front for Burnley rather than in midfield this season. So where, where traditionally they would have picked Wood and Barnes or something like that, they've gone with a, uh, a more maverick player in Corne. And that seems to have coincided with their uptick in form. Um, and obviously, as you mentioned, Ben, he scored five goals. Um, some really good goals as well. I watched, his, uh, I watched the goals that he scored and they were really like... He doesn't need the support of the other players to score a goal, seemingly. So um, I'm looking forward to having him in my team, definitely. Yeah, it's a good shout. Um, he scored some absolute crackers, and you're thinking if Burnley do their Burnley form, where they start to grind out some results and score just a few more goals than the, what they've scored so far this season, uh, he could be uh, he could be one of the chief ones to do that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I got him in at six, and he's now worth six point one. So he's, even though he's only two percent owned, he must have had. Uh, some 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 other people must have seen the same thing. Um, all right, good. Well, that's the uh, the last feature we have before going on to the listener league. So, um, Ben, I think you're going to take us through the listener league this week, right? Yeah, I think top five, uh, first and second are are as you were. So, uh, Fintan Hogan, Evan O'Toole, uh, still first and second. I think pretty strong weeks, uh, 60, 62 points. I think Fintan had uh, Vardy and Tony, who uh, both returned. And then Evan O'Toole, I think his standout players were uh, Tony as well. He also had Jota, uh, Trent, and Ramsdale. Um, Bev CL has, I think Bev CL did really well last season, if I remember correctly. He's moved up from fifth to third. Uh, with 69 points. Um, some differential players here. Lamptey, who we haven't talked too much about, but he got eight points. I watched that game, and uh, he created so many chances. Um, the the only issue with Lamptey, who did well last season as well, is tends to get injured a lot. So hopefully he can have um, a pretty good good run. And he's pretty cheap too, so 4.4 million. Um, the only thing is that Brighton's fixtures aren't aren't the easiest. They're a little bit mixed. Um, and then in fourth, up from six, is Daniel Monks with Leicester City. 
<laughs> uh, 70 points. Uh, so a good week for him. And then uh, the Art of the Dive uh, podcast is fifth, dropping from fourth. Um, top scorer this week with 79 points is uh, former uh, Man United and Everton manager and current West Ham manager, David Moyes, <laughs> with Moyes Boys. <laughs> so doing well in the league and in FPL. Uh, he, got, he got 79 points. Uh, Sang goal for Wolves with 10 points. Uh, Dennis, who we haven't talked about um, on the pod, is doing really well. He he got another double-digit haul with Watford, who Andy mentioned to me before this pod. You know, Watford are scoring goals for fun. They're also conceding goals for fun as well. But uh, Dennis seems like a really good uh, kind of third striker enabler, especially with uh, kind of the winter coming up and a lot of rotation. Like, Dennis seems like a good player you, you would like on your bench who can come in and play potentially. Um, David Moyes did cheat a bit, though. He played his triple captain chip uh, this week, uh, Salah against Southampton. Uh, so Salah didn't blank, but um, probably not the best triple captain uh, chip to use. And then I'll give honorable mention to uh, fellow Potter Gary, who got the fourth highest game week score this week with 75 points. Um, he has some differential picks. So Fernandez in goal for Brentford got nine points. Uh, he's one of the few players who has Van Dyke who scored and I think got full bonus with 15 points. Um, he has Veltman who got a clean sheet. Um, so uh, well done, Gary, pulling away from uh, uh, Matt and Andy. Uh, lowest game we score... 25 points. Um, Devise Fantasy is the team name. And yeah, pretty bad. <laughs> the only player he had was Vardy with 12 points, but Captain Ronaldo, who came on and got booked immediately. So um, not the best week, uh, but has some good plays in the team. Reese James, Bruno, Gallagher, Emil Smith Rowe, Obama Yang, who we talked about all blanking, so uh, pretty unlucky. But yeah, 25 points in this game week is pretty, pretty brutal. Um, but yeah, that's the list of the week. All right. Thank you, Ben, for taking us through that. Um, I'm very, obviously, but Matt and I are extremely disappointed that Gary's done so well this week. He's really got to sort that out. Um, we thought we had a, a you know a nice, nice league of three to, to battle it out at the bottom, but he seems to have accelerated himself up into your league now, so that's kind of annoying. Um, good. All right. Well, I think that's it for, uh, for the, the, the pod this week. Um, so all that's left to do is to say thank you for your contribution, Matt. Thank you. And I should say, I do have Gary in my sight still. I'm not giving up on that one. Okay. Bad luck with that. Uh, thank you for your contribution, Ben. You're welcome. And just a reminder to everyone, the next game week starts on Tuesday. So <laughs> don't forget your transfer. Oh, that's a big one. That's a big one. And obviously, thank you, everyone, for listening from me. And don't forget, of course, that you can follow us uh, at FPL um, FF Fanatics. And uh, please listen to us after our, uh, our double, double set of games next week.